Hey everybody, it's Des here. Welcome to the Alpha Scotland podcast. I've got my old pal Sam Donaghy. Old pal? Old friend? Old friend. Old, old chum. Friend. Old chum, yes. <laughs> uh, Sam Donaghy here with me. Sam heads up Tribe, which is a prayer movement, which is um, really kind of happening throughout students, really, Sam, isn't it? Yeah. In Glasgow and Edinburgh, we're gathering students from across unis, colleges, churches to like pray together in unity. And then also just recently launched a prayer community that we're calling a prayer base, which is a group of students who want to go deeper in that call to pray. Awesome. And just in case you've not listened to the podcast before, the idea is that we're going to really look at how you became the leader that you are today. So we'll maybe come back to that at the end and just hear a little bit about you know, how that's all come together, yeah. what's the journey through that. But maybe let's uh, let's start at the start. When was um when was like the first time you got an opportunity to lead or what was like the mm. starting ground for you becoming a leader? Mm. So I think in general terms probably the first time I actually got a chance to lead anything was probably back when I used to like act and like act amateurly and was asked to put as, together as in like an actor. An actor, oh, thespian, a thespian darling, darling, a wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so I was asked to help write a script or a play, and it wasn't just like to go and like write the script, but it was like to devise it. So I had to cast, and we would work it together, and it was about actually kind of leading them into going into the plot line that they wanted to go into, or the character development they wanted to go to go into. So it was about kind of getting that out of them and then bringing it all together with a team. So I was probably about 17 at the time, Okay. 18 at the time. Um, yeah, and then and around about the same time, I was asked by a good friend of mine, Ruth, who's based out in Knightswood in Glasgow, to help her with this Friday night outreach youth club thing. And when you say Ruth, it's Ruth Kelso, right? Ruth Kelso. Let's get a shout out to Ruth Kelso. Knightswood Baptist, community pastor. Come on, whoop, there's only one Kelso. Some amazing stories of her being like shot at by the Italian Navy, she's great. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. So um, So she asked me to do that and to be honest with you, it probably didn't have the character to lead Something like that at the, at the okay. time. So, so that was leading step out. So no, that was no, that was a Friday night youth club. So that came oh, okay. off of step out, which was sure. the Baptist Union of Scotland's like summer missions program, where they would take like teams of like fourteen to twenty one year olds and send them off to a part of Scotland to do like mm-hmm. a week of like kids mission stuff. Okay, cool. And so that's how I came to know Ruth, and then uh-huh. she was like, well, she would say that she saw that actually there was leadership potential about mm-hmm. me. And actually saw that probably wasn't getting m- many opportunities to explore that. Sure. So she asked me to come on board and help her do that. Yeah. So that church. was when you were what, like seventeen? You said just eighteen, just turned eighteen at the time. Yeah. So you're you're doing a little bit of leading, doing some stuff uh, like in your actor thespian oh. roles, <laughs> um, and then you're also doing some stuff with with Knightswood Baptist or with. Ruth kind of yeah detached way, but like you said that you did step out before like yeah what did, so obviously she saw some stuff in you so what were you doing there what were the things that really like stood out that yeah I think um I think actually one of the things that that I've noticed and definitely that at that time Ruth had noticed was that when I walked into a room uh, without wanting to sound almost boastful but like people took notice of how I acted then from mm-hmm. there and like took notice of, of like if I talked when other people were talking then it would just be mayhem because other people would follow mm-hmm. my lead like and actually so like um, 
I realised then that actually people followed how I how I acted, like what I did gave permission to other people to recreate that. Okay. And then also that um I think it was maybe the acting stuff, but actually I had a way of actually commanding the attention of a room. And I think um like Ruth again saw that and mm-hmm. was like another and other people had seen that. And I think I'd started to see it as people like started to notice that in me, like I started to appreciate that. But one thing, going back to the acting stuff, because mm-hmm. actually a lot of the leadership stuff that I fall back on, a lot of the kind of knowledge actually comes from all the Amdram stuff. Okay. And one of the things was um, around, I remember it was the same play that I helped mm-hmm. to, to write, and I'd thrown myself in into a wee bit part. And we were doing it as part of a competition. And I remember, like, it was the night before, the, like, this national competition. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I, 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 can't, I can't play this part. Mm. And the person who was directing it was like, Sam, you're a catalyzer. Mm. And I didn't have a clue what that meant, that, yeah. that name meant. So I was like, what do you mean? And she said, to be honest, the tempo of the play without you is rubbish. She said, but as soon as you come on that stage, it's like the rest of them just go up a level yeah. in the tempo and they go up a level in how they, like, in their intensity and they go up a level in how they're mm. attentive. And I was like, oh, wow. And then because she said that, I started to notice, like, am I like that? Like, when I'm with my friends, mm. am I like that? And actually, to some extent, I am. Mm. And <laughs> that can be a negative thing. Like, yeah, yeah. you can catalyse an argument, and that's not great. But yeah. then you can catalyse change, or you can catalyse something that just makes the change quicker, or, yeah, yeah. or makes the process and the development something yeah. quicker. I really like that word, catalyzer. Like, there is a, something... A catalyst. A catalyst. There's something dynamic about it, isn't mm. it? And I actually think... Um, you know, for knowing you for a number of years, like I, I think you are quite a dynamic leader, and you are somebody who's um, catalytic. Would that be the word? Or is catalytic. That a converter? I don't know. Like, <laughs> but the whole the whole thing is, you are somebody that kind of embodies that. Like, yeah. you bring people together, and and that is that is a defining characteristic of who you are. As much as it pains me sometimes, <laughs> um, but actually, it's just it's. I think that is a really good um, way of describing. Mm-hmm. what happens when you're mm-hmm. involved in things so like if we can go forward a little bit from there so you were looking at this kind of um you know into these early stages of leadership like wh- where do you go from there like what yeah. what was the development well for what I had to change in my life was my character okay and and god very much worked on that uh-huh. and probably let me um probably let me taste some of the bitter consequences of my poor character when mm. i was 18 and then, like, you were there at the time, like, uh, I was probably 18 and a half. Uh, I was, I dropped out of college, started to train as an actor, yep. but just lost all sense of direction. I um, was unemployed by, like, the je- like six months after I left school. Uh-huh. Uh, had gone on a hedonistic rampage for a bit and was living a bit of a double life. Mm. And then I just really felt like uh, God had really just, like, spoken to me at uh, Deep Impact. Okay. Youth Work Conference, we shout out January twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, uh, exciting, deep impact. <laughs> eh? oh. I love deep impact. It's great, and actually, I was there. I was at a seminar, and uh, I can't remember what the seminar was about, or who who, who was doing it. But uh-huh. they said a sentence. I can't remember what they said, but I remember thinking, "Wow!" Mm. I need to go away and think about that. And as everyone who knows me, I'm a Massive introvert, so I obviously had to pull back into the Absolutely, into sit my, quietly in a dark uh-huh. room. I'm it's, the same. Yeah, it's yeah. not like, you know, I've scored 
above ninety percent on the Myers Briggs for extrovert ever. No, um, no so I, I was just like, like it's so unlike me to withdraw and to like uh-huh. quietly reflect. But this had made such an impact on me. I was like, I'm going to go into my hotel room mm. and reflect. So I went back, and I remember just feeling this heat across my chest mm. as I started to read Galatians really randomly. Like I just felt like God was asking me to read it, and then um, I felt like God had said to me, like in your shame you've hidden your heart from me hmm. and it's become calloused and I want to turn it into a heart of flesh and I was like oofed and it just made me realise that actually God has embraced all of me and so there was nothing to be ashamed of and when you go into shame you pull into darkness hmm. and usually darkness is cold so things get hard but God is light hmm. but it's usually warm hmm. where there's light there's usually warmth hmm. and when there's warmth there's usually soft tender things you know what I mean and, and things that grow so I was like okay well I'll bring everything out into the light mm. and like in sunlight things will either die or they'll grow and so um, literally from that point on started this development in my character and in my pursuit of who God was that then turned everything around because for me actually the whole thing about leadership is your leadership's either at best flimsy or rubbish if you don't have a if you haven't set yourself Mm. to pursue God and pursue him first Mm. and I'm not perfect at that by any stretch of the imagination Mm -hmm. but actually I would rather be a really faithful lover of Jesus and a crap leader than a good leader and not be faithful to Jesus yeah and I I think you're 100% right I think it's all about character rather Mm -hmm. than gifting isn't it it's something we throw Uh about a lot Uh but actually like your character needs to be in the right place yeah and you were the first person to say that to me actually oh really and it was around about that time in my life Mm. that kind of 18, 19 stage that you you started to say that but it was so to go back to your question about kicking on from there it was the character formation stuff that Mm. God started to do me and then about a couple months after that moment I was still like, uh, felt felt like I was living in this kind of new level of like grace from God, and like mm. uh, I felt like He was like calling me into like um, into leadership, mm. Christian leadership, whatever it looked like, and uh, I felt like it might have been to the next step was to mm. go into study theology, mm. <clears throat> and but I really didn't want to do it, um, so I left it a few months, and then there was a few like circumstances that happened that were like, oh. Maybe God's saying to go and do Let's it. Let's just hit pause there for a wee oh, second yeah, yeah. before we jump forward onto the, the mighty Baptist college. Um, hashtag Paisley. On. Hashtag Paisley, UWS. Um, but um, actually, a real thing that you said there was, like, you talked about having this, like, hedonistic lifestyle. Mm. And then you spoke about having, like, you, you heard God, um, you know, how what does that look like for you? You know, mm. so that I think again, that's something that we all talk about um, yeah. in Christian world. As like, oh yeah, you know, I heard from God, um, and some people literally hear. Um, you know, I'm mm. always looking for an email just with a list of points that God wants. But, but what did that? How does that shape? You know, your mm-hmm. thinking, like, because because I think that's really important as a leader. Like, how do you hear from God? Mm. So, what was that process? What took place in there? So. Um, I think for me generally, like, when you're thinking about how do I hear from God, it's actually like, well, how do I work as a person? Mm. So I'm actually a very tactile person, like, and I'm very, like, I'll drink um, a sip of, like, cola, and I'll come out in goosebumps. 
like I'm a very tactile person. So actually, quite often when I'm... That's probably an allergy. Uh, <laughs> it probably is an allergy, right, but okay. anyway. Cool, yeah, um, yeah. So like, when I'm with, when I'm like talking to God, like sometimes he'll talk to me physically. So that thing of heat across my mm. chest or... Um, and that'll usually like start a conversation or that, that can mm. be part of it. Sometimes it's just visuals. Like mm-hmm. I'll get like a picture in my head. Yeah. Um, and then there's other times there's like, I'll hear like formed thoughts that sound like, you know, that kind of inner mm-hmm. voice you've got in your head. It sound like mine, but actually I'm like, that, that felt spontaneous mm-hmm. and not like I generated that. Yeah, yeah. And actually you just become, and I, as I've kind of grown in that and just pursued it more and more and pursued his voice more and more, I found out what's him more and what's yeah, me. Yeah. And there's times that I'll be like, oh, I think God said this to me about me or, or about you. And then yeah. I've like, wait to see how it would work out. Or I would go up to someone and say, I think God said this to me for you. Yeah. And it's been wrong. Yeah. And actually that's, that's fine. Mm. Like I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. Mm. God still loves me. I've still got friends. Mm. Um, mostly. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so, Actually, it's a thing of about knowing who I am as a person, mm. and and then because that's how God will communicate to me. Mm-hmm. So like God will speak to me through movies, like yeah. where I'll be like, oh, like I can sense God, but actually you can only sense the presence of God or or sense His voice mm-hmm. in things if you know what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, okay. I know, I know, it's not a straightforward question. I've gone around the houses uh, yeah. there. I mean, answer not question. Yeah, no, but I think I think like so uh, like just to kind of pull in a little bit Aye. of what you're saying there. Um, it sounds as though you obviously spend a lot of time um, just waiting and, like, you know, like, prayerfully seeking God because that relationship takes time, would mm. you say? Or Yeah. <coughs> so, <coughs> I think it's a thing of... <coughs> if you don't talk while I cough, then we can cut it out later. Yeah. That'd be smashing. Just so you know, we're on 16 minutes. <coughs> Great. Thank you. Okay. I think, um, really, the thing is about finding out in your life, what can I use as a prompt to engage me in communication mm. with God? So for me, like, about five and a half years ago, like, I was like, I want to be in constant communication with God. Mm. And so it was a thing of like, well, what can I use as a prompt to start to talk to him? And I eat a lot. So I was like... <laughs> Mate, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't spend any time eating. I wouldn't know anything about no, that. No, of course you know? not. Yeah. And if you Three do, it's usually a day. Uh, it's it? usually veg and fruit yeah. you eat in it. Yeah, it is. I, I'm a green machine <laughs> fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so it's not as funny as you made out there. Come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so I'm thinking, like, actually, I'm gonna use food. I'm gonna start chatting to God about food. Like when I eat. I'm going to tell him how much I like it. And actually, I'm going to turn around and be like, if I think this is great, then how much greater are you? Mm. And, and actually ask him to show me how much greater he is than a chorizo pasta. Do you know what I mean? I know yeah. it sounds really daft, but actually, like, God's into it. No. But, but this is the whole thing. We, like, I'm trying to... I, I want to try and understand how do people become the leaders that they are? Because I think there's so many parts of this. Mm. You know, like, so even that, even that idea of, like, you know, praying about food, like, we all need to have, cat, like, things that catalyst our, our thinking about God, mm. you know? I, I think it's, uh, it's fa- so, 
we've kind of went away. So you've ended yeah. up like we've had a wee think about this, but you you were doing this step out stuff. Yeah. You were doing some stuff with Ruth Kelso. Yeah. Shout out to the Kelso. Um, and then you've ended up doing acting and all this thing. Yeah. I really hear him from God about moving in. And then you've ended up at the Baptist College. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, two years previously to me starting uh-huh. at the college, I'd said to my friends at a Glasgow Uni Open Day, I'd said, if I ever study theology, you have permission to physically harm me. I was like, I am never studying theology. Cool. That worked out really, really well. Yep. Yeah. And now yeah. you've got a degree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what you can collect points for these days, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Um, no, but tell, tell us about that. Seriously. Like, yeah. So what... What did you learn? Like, what has been the journey of leadership there for you? Because, mm. you know, some people would argue that there's um, theological education, yeah. you don't need it. Some yeah. people argue it's the be all and end all. Like, yeah. Tell us, what's been your and journey? And the main thing it? that I really push against is that people say, oh, when you go to study theology, you'll dry up. Like, like you'll become all about intellectual. And actually, I've probably become more spiritual spiritually dynamic and alive well you've definitely not became more intellectual i can, I can assure you <laughs> on that That's... it's probably gotten worse yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> over those four years yeah. um n- no offense but it's called uh more me than it is you um but actually for me that one of the main things i learned was actually like um if we're going to worship god with all of us we need to worship him with our mind mm. and it actually theology isn't just about collection of knowledge. Mm. It's actually about like, well, God, if you are so deep, so wide, and so high, like actually, I want to, I want to scour, <laughs> I want mm. to scour who you are. I want to, mm. I want to scour the earth for, for revelation of who you are. And mm. actually, like the high point of theology isn't knowledge; it's re- revelation. It's mm. the revealing of who God is, so that because it's when re- God reveals who He is that we respond in worship. And worship is essentially just joining in the love song that he's been singing for hundreds of years. Sure. So that's one of the things I've learned. The second thing I've learned is, again, you've played a part in this, is acknowledging that I don't know is a better answer than a crap answer. And so, like, I'd rather say, I don't know, than give a half-baked answer. Do, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things I learned. And also that I I'm came really, out... I'm really glad that, like, <laughs> you think that, though, because I, I think that is so fundamentally true. Do you know what I think? Like, yeah. I would rather somebody just said, hey, I don't know, let's go on this journey together. Yeah. Let's work it out. Like, yeah. you know... Um, yeah. And sometimes you get... Like, I've had looks... So, like, someone's asked me a question. They found out I've studied theology and they go, oh, I've got a question for you. And you're like... Yeah. Here we go. And then they ask this deep theological question. You're like, yeah. do I look like John Lennox? Do I, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do I look like John Piper? No. Yeah. And then so I say, I don't really know what I think about that. And you get this look on people's face yeah. as if to say, well, I mean, you study theology. I'm like, well, I've no written a book, have I? Yeah. Like, I've just studied theology. Actually, like, there has to be, and I think that's because we don't want a place for mystery. Uh-huh. And I think if we don't have a place for mystery in our view of who God is, they we're not worshiping God, we're worshiping a being we've created. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Preach it. But sorry, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, well, we'll get you a wee box and you can uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just jump up and talk. Jump out. We'll go out on Buchanan Street oh, and you can go and tell them how it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I think that's really interesting because I get asked the same thing, and I I genuinely think that you know there's mm. the apophatic, 
like the un <laughs> there you go theological terms um but the unknown of god the unknown of who mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. um has really shaped me as a leader mm-hmm. do you know like mm-hmm. actually that embracing of there has to be a space mm-hmm. for for the unknown mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. know there has to be that gap where we can say well actually i don't know why i don't feel that this is right mm-hmm. but we're not going to go down this route we're going to go this way yeah do you know um and could you maybe like talk into that a little bit more? So, so you're studying at the college, yeah. um, you know, like what what opportunities did you get at the ch- at the college to really like yeah. to level up your leadership, yeah. so to speak? So it was it was more so like um, stuff that happened outside of the college. Mm. There was there was opportunities that came through being part of the college. Like mm. there was, there'd be churches who'd get in touch with them mm. and, and ask for people to come and like preach mm. and stuff. And I really felt that was part of the call of my life was to is to is to preach. And so like I end up getting a few opportunities to go around different places in Scotland and, and preach in churches. Mm. But then also like there's opportunities the church I was in at the time, like uh to to lead like youth house groups and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that and to like lead a table at Alpha or two alphas and which um, is the greatest leadership tool the world. Which is the known. greatest leadership yeah. tool known to man. Um and then uh, yeah, again to preach there, and but I think for me, like I'm always, I'm kind of more drawn, just to kind of the, the kind of life stuff, just kind of actually mm. engaging in relationship with people mm. and leading from my life, rather than lead from a platform or oh I'm a leader of this group so let's go and do this, mm. and then also like. Um, because like if you say you're studying theology at a Christian college, mm. quite often people will like put you in leadership so mm. like like leadership positions because they're like, Oh well he knows what he's talking about mm. which actually is a bit nonsense, do you mm. know what I mean? And I think I experienced that to some extent. Um when I was <laughs> chucked in to lead a group with the navigators mm. uh, in Glasgow, which was like a student small group student ministry. Yeah. And like probably before I should have been <laughs> yeah, okay. chucked in to do that. Because um, I wasn't really committed to the navs at the time, um, but actually, I ended up leading a group for three years. Yeah. Um, and it was just these group of guys, like a couple of them are like really like lukewarm Sunday Christians. Mm. Uh, one of them wasn't a Christian at all. A couple of them were pursuing Jesus, and uh, now like three years on, um. There's like four of them who are leading NAVs groups. Mm. Two of them are married, bizarrely. Wow, okay. I know, they're not even 21 yet. Two of them are married, like, and actually they're all, like, two of them are going off to this outdoor pursuit missional community thing. Um, one of them's like a kid's pastor. Um, a few of them have seen their friends come to know Jesus. Mm. And like, the most humbling and <laughs> mysterious part is they would turn around and be like, well, actually... I don't know if I would if this stuff would have happened and mm. uh, I would be where I am if Sam wasn't put in my life. Mm. <laughs> I'm like And that's worrying. <laughs> that's that's so worrying. <coughs> 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 Great. But it's encouraging because it's like if a dafty like me mm. can simply just be in someone's life and through by being in someone's life and carrying the presence of God and being someone who carries the presence of God have an influence and cha- and, and, and catalyze change in someone's mm. life or be used to do that, yeah. then 
actually, for someone who is way more faithful to Jesus than I am, way more able and gifted than I am, yeah. like, the potential's yeah. limitless. And and this is kind of, like, it's funny, because you should mention that, like, I sometimes describe myself as a professional Christian, and then... Um, but once I became a professional Christian, you get asked to say grace a lot more. Do you do you get this? Because it is that thing of yeah. like people just assume that. Yeah. Oh well, you know. Yeah. Oh, Des is here. Like, yeah. You know, and then, um, but actually, that that relays into everything that you do because like I'm the same as you. Like I'm like I am not the guy. Mm. You know, like mm. there's people way more faithful. Like we both know this guy Isaac. Shout out to Isaac. You know, like Isaac will walk on water one day, <laughs> right? Like we, like he's just so faithful. So yeah, and he and he raves about what he's learned mm. under you. Do you know? Mm. And and I'm the same. I'm like Isaac's like mm. this amazing guy. Mm. Like mm-hmm. and I just think he's got these opportunities mm-hmm. to really fly. Mm-hmm. But I think you do do that, Sam. I think you have been somebody that's came along. And I think in Navs, you know, I saw you journeying with those guys over a couple of years. Yeah, and really investing in them. Yeah, and really seeing them. Yeah. you know step forward and like you know you know this but a big hero of mine in the bible is barnabas mm. and without barnabas you don't have paul right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he he actually gave, created the opportunity to let someone step in and hand them off so yeah, he yeah. made his his ceiling their floor uh-huh. do you know and i, and I just uh-huh. love that idea uh-huh. and i think that's the thing like again it's something that you can kind have of hammered into me Metaphorically and physically. <laughs> Thanks for that. Mm, yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, probably when I was about 19, of that thing of actually, if you've got a little, give it away. Mm. Actually, always pass on what you've got. And I think, like, now that's just something I, I try to do. Yeah. In nearly, in nearly every aspect of my life, I try to just give it away. Yeah. And so, like, um, it's, it's thinking like so for example with, with tribe stuff I'm like actually what we're about is creating people who are wanting to be like prayer centred um, intimate followers of Jesus who engage mm. in them like in the purposes of God around mm. them so actually I'm trying to live that yeah okay so it starts with like how do I do that in my life and then actually who can I help replicate those things in their life sure and so there's like three or four guys now that I meet up with regularly to try and like just be like, well, do it. Like, let's go on this journey together. Mm. And if there's anything that is like replicatable, is that the word? Or re- replicable? Is that the word? Repeatable. Re- repeatable. Repeatable. Uh, like in my life that, that actually can, that you can imitate, not necessarily mm. copy and paste, but imitate, yeah. then, then actually let's do it. And it's not, it's not about me and it's not about them and it's not even about their personal growth. Mm. First and foremost, it's just about the glory of God. Mm. It's about God receiving what he's due, which is just a bunch of faithful people who walk and live and act out of the love that they have that he has for them. Mm. And actually that like that's that's what I want to be a part of. That's how that's what I want people to say to me that actually yeah, yeah. he's greatly loved by God. So all that stuff of investing in people isn't just about investing in people. Yeah. There's there's the end goal of actually God just receiving. Yeah. So let's like you you we moved on to tribe there. Mm. So obviously you finished you finished uni. So it sounds as though you've had lots of like opportunities to lead in various different ways, yeah. different little sections, little yeah. kind of like um, you know, little bits. 
have all added to this picture. Aye. So you're now you're now leading this thing called Tribe. Yep. Okay. So how do you go from being like leading all this little things mm. to leading this thing that has a vision way bigger than you? Mm. What's been your what's been your process with that? How are you dealing with that? So I think like um one of the hardest things was um getting to a place of like I can't think of it outside of a really cliche thing of if it's God's will, it's God's bill. So okay. like <laughs> like if God's called me to do it, then mm. he's gonna sustain it. And okay. actually like um if God calls me to something, then actually I don't need to try and sustain mm. that. I just need to keep saying yes. Do you know what I mean? I just need to keep saying yes yeah. and keep keep following. And so it's a thing of actually like resting in that um, and not having a mentality of more productivity, more productivity, mm-hmm. but actually being like, okay, well, what's God calling me to do? And then working out how to do that with mm-hmm. him. Um, I think for me, um, it's been a thing of, because like, you're right, like actually before, probably about a year ago when it was like, actually like, we're going to, intentionally go after this tribe thing uh, just all these bitty things so it's actually the past year's been about cutting them out mm. and that's the thing like actually if God's called you to something mm-hmm. it's about going well it's actually is, is that feeding into it's this wee bitty opportunity or this thing here feeding into what God's calling me to mm-hmm. do if it if it doesn't then it, then it has to go mm-hmm um, because then I'm not, I'm not experiencing the fullness of what yeah. God's called call me into, and that's costly. Oh, or I it can feel costly. Well, it's costly. So, like, like being very honest, like, I like getting really personal and honest. Mm. I do this unpaid. Yeah. So running after this is huge. I'm still living with my mum. Mm-hmm. Still living in the bedroom that I've been living. Hi, mum. Hello there, Aileen, mm. and uh, she's gonna hit me. <laughs> She's so cute. I love her. She was at church on Sunday. Sometimes, so sometimes I actually think she loves you more than she loves me. I can under, I can understand why. To be fair, um, I know. Yeah. Twenty four years of this, yeah, you'd be worn yeah. down. Yeah. Um, so it's it's costly, but actually, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. I'm still working the cafe job that I worked during uni. Sure. And the, the judgment that comes from some people when you tell them that, mm. and that you're doing something unpaid, they almost see it as a less of a job. But mm. actually, it's just it's the same as everything. Mm. So it's a thing around actually commitment to the call mm-hmm. of God and actually the cost of the uh, of it. But actually, like Jesus wants to give his life in all its fullness, mm. and life in all its fullness starts and ends. In obedience out of love, mm. really, like yeah. actually, do you know what I mean? I know that's maybe a yeah, I need to unpack that a bit, but that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, no, no, I think that I think that's really good, and like I don't think you do need to unpack that. Like mm. I think you, like I think you, you you've nailed it when mm. you're explaining that there. Mm. You're saying that actually it's costing yeah. everything, yeah. right? Like yeah. you know, you you've made a choice to be downwardly mobile mm. to fulfil what God's asking you to do. Yeah. Like, you know, and and I and I think that's honouring yeah. uh, to God, and I think it's challenging for other yeah. people 
Um, you know, like I'm always reminded of the rich. I can never say this. Rich, rich young ruler. Young ruler. Like for some reason, I just trip over that every time. You've not done your red leather, yellow weather, have you? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but, but actually, within that, there is like, there's a challenge for us all, right? Mm. Like, what can we put down mm. um, to be lifted up? Like, I know, I know, like, so I used to obviously have two part-time jobs, was mm. all over the place and all that, and now I've only got one job. But I know that. Since I've just been focused on Alpha, I'm mm. so much more honed into that vision and that mm. drive and, and actually the call that God's put on me for that. Yeah. So I, I totally understand yeah. like where you're coming from with that. Tell me something, Sam. So um what what's the what would be the thing that you can really like the, if there was a, you've talked a lot about mentoring and developing younger people mm-hmm. and other people around you. What would be the one piece of advice you would always give them as a leader? So, like, someone stepping Oof. into leadership, what would be your, you have to do this? This is your go-to. Well, um, I think, my, oh, that's really difficult, because I don't think there's just one thing. Well, the point was to be a difficult question. Uh, it was, you know. can, I, can I give two parts to that answer? Inevitably, you will anyway, so <laughs> yes, let's do that. I think it would be um, always stay connected to the voice of God okay. in community. So actually, always pursue God, mm. even when you don't want to, and it's hard, mm. and you're busy, or and you're excited about something that he's already mm-hmm. said go and do and so you're like mm-hmm. let's go always stay connected to the voice of God in community never withdraw from really deep quality friendships mm-hmm. um, of, of Christians of all generations and I think that's something I've I've, I've really uh, tried to hold as a high value for me Yeah. but I think I would say actually pursue the voice of God in community Love and that. actually like go to people and be like I think God said this to me what mm. do you think mm. because actually God loves in them as much as he loves mm. in you and actually if we cut ourselves off from community we're capping our experience of God Yeah, and we're, we're capping our uh, ability to hear God love that yeah no it's really good and, and I think it's about it's about bringing in lots of voices isn't mm. it? do you know mm. um what would you what would you say would be the thing that you would say to people? I made this mistake, and it put me back so far. Right? What would be the thing that you would say? This is a minefield. Do not go near it. <laughs> Do you know, I don't. I think I'm too young to have come across too many minefields. I've probably come across one or two. I think it would just be. Um, it would probably I'd probably phrase it differently to don't do this. It would probably be a just don't defer things. Mm. Like don't 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 always defer to other people. Mm. Which is like almost the converse thing of, of, of being mm. uh, or reverse thing of being in, in community. Sure. Don't yeah. defer to other people. Be like, oh or don't defer things in terms of time, like mm. I'll I'll get to that later. Mm. That actually like I've done that and then I've gone Oh, I really should have done that then. Yeah, yeah, okay. And actually, I really should have gone after that then, instead of trying to pursue that skill or 
that relationship or whatever now. I'd sure. like, I should have done that a year ago when I thought of that. Mm. I'd actually, um, I think sometimes, like, if you get it wrong, then it's okay because actually, if you're trying to be obedient, then actually, like, God will cover that mm. and make good come out of it. But I would just say, don't ever slip into, um, Probably complacency is the word I'm looking sure. for. Okay. That that is quite often called mature faith when it isn't. Mm. Nice. And do you have like, um, is there any like leader, leader people, leadership books, anything that that you're like, oh, I got so much from this. Like, what's, mm. you know, like you talked a lot about mentoring and discipleship. Mm. Like, is that something that you would like really hunger after? Is that something you're trying to create within yeah. the tribe? to develop for the next generation or yeah. you know like what what what's your legacy of leadership i guess is the question really uh, so what's the legacy yeah uh, or how do you create legacy maybe it's a better question how do i create legacy right um how do i create legacy oh well i think it's just a thing of um so one of the things that's been really helpful is the stuff from mike breen about high invitation and high challenge. Mm. And so actually saying, do you know what, come into my life and see every bit of it, every beautiful bit, every ugly bit, mm. every good and bad bit, but know that actually I'm going to challenge you. Mm. <laughs> and actually even, the thing is, even as I live, as I seek to live um, fully present to God, and fully obedient to what he's calling me to do, that that is naturally going to be a challenge to someone mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, who's maybe a couple of stages um, behind me in life mm -hmm. or whatever. Like that, actually, that's naturally going to challenge somebody, and but also then giving space for challenge to happen of actually be like. So, for example, there's um, a guy that kind of mentor and discipling just now, and he. Like I said to him, he's not really a really reflective guy. And I said to him last week, I was like, um, if I was to ask you in a year's time, who would you want to be? Mm -hmm. uh, like, if I was asking a year's time who you are, mm. who would you want to be? Mm. And uh, he couldn't really give me an answer. Mm. And I was like, you can tell me what you want to do all you like, but actually, if you're not going to tell me who you want to be, mm. then you'll then you'll become the aggregate of your circumstances and the people around you. Wow, I love that. And so actually it's like that thing of like, um, what was I saying? About being intentional mm -hmm. and, and um, yeah, I've kind of lost my train of thought, but kind of thing of being intentional. Sure. And, and uh, yeah, I think that's where I was going with it. No, no, sure, no, it's great. <laughs> I've lost who, you, um, who do you look at as a leader and think, oh, <laughs> I want... They've got it. So again, for anyone who might know me, this might come as a surprise, but there's a certain man who takes up residence in the southeast of England and is known for a prayer movement. <laughs> really? Who's that? Oh, not many people have heard of him. Uh, no. I don't talk about him much either. No, uh, no. Just a certain guy called Pete Gregg, maybe. <laughs> Pete Gregg, Pete Gregg. Peter, for yes, full. <laughs> I've never heard of him. No, I don't think like He's written a couple of books. They're not very mm. good. Um, Aye. Small publications. It's yeah. very small. I yeah. think I think they're all out of print. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not like so Pete Craig 
he accidentally started the 24-7 prayer movement mm. 20 years ago. Yeah. And that's had a huge impact on me. Uh-huh. And the books, Redman Rising and Dirty Glory. Yeah. Um, and that was document the 24-7 prayer movement. Yeah. Literally set me on the trajectory of doing tribe. Uh-huh, sure. Like, they were things that, that got me to that point. Yeah. And then, uh, but actually just reading the story of how he came about to do that, mm. it just, it first and foremost, came out of this thing of, I just want to be, I just want to be where God is. Mm. Because he loved, because he loves God. Yeah. Because he knows how much God loves him. And yeah. it's all rooted in that. And that's huge for me. And it's also like, um, he's now in like a non-executive role in 24-7, like yeah. doesn't actually do 24-7 anymore, really. And it's like, there's a whole bunch of people, like maybe th- a third generation of leaders now leading yeah. 24-7. And it's this succession thing yeah, of yeah. like, that's crazy. There are people who now lead 24-7, who are in the leadership of 24-7, who weren't about when it first started. Yeah. And there's people who started, who are leading 24-7 now, who weren't even about in 24-7 last decade. Yeah. They're, they only came about this decade. Yeah. And it's like, that's that's mental. Yeah. Because, like he says, there's no success without succession. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing that I've been like, oh, yeah, it is about legacy. Mm. It's about generations. Mm. And actually, God's work has always been about generations. Yeah. The, 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 the extension of his kingdom's always been about generations. Yeah. I have to say, Pete Gregg is an absolute hero. Mm. And sup, Pete. Um, but, like, the um, his book, How to, How to Pray, How to Pray mm-hmm. is just, it's like, great. it's fun. Like, so I wrote my dissertation on prayer. <laughs> and he must have read my notes to of make course that he did. book, obviously. But honestly, I just think it's such a like you know, t- and I think that there would be such an opportunity for him to step into like this great like existential mm. thing. But it's so rooted in the practical yeah. of like how do we do this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And and I think I think that like what you're describing, like even with the other books, they frame up a journey of leadership mm-hmm. and how to create an ongoing pattern. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Nicky Gumbel always talks about you need to hitch yourself to a star, like, mm. get a leader that you really want to take mm. stuff from. And, you know, I think you could find worse examples. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I'm a bit of an unashamed fanboy, and it's a bit bit cringy at points. But yeah, it's cool. We'll make sure and keep the, you know, <laughs> the distance of views apart. I think that's good for his safety <laughs> more than anything else. Um, Sam, like, we're, we're coming to the probably the end of our time just about. That's um, a shame. It is a shame. It's been nice chatting to you. I, I feel like Zach Galifalangas between two ferns. Um, <laughs> but actually, like, what, um, like, if there was, if there was something you could say to somebody who's listening today about how to actually take their leadership to the next level, what would, what would be your one giveaway line? What would be the thing that you would say, like, just do this, and you will see growth come. I'm saying this because I'm saying this to myself mm. at this moment, is um, cut something, anything out of your diary to get on your ease and just let God meet you there. Mm. Just let him meet you. Don't go to him with an agenda. Just let him meet you. Mm. Cool. Spoken like a true man of prayer. <laughs> love it Sam thanks so much I really appreciate you being here I really love all that you're doing and we um, yeah we at the Alpha Scotland family just think you're a hero it's so good to have you around and actually we just want to keep seeing Tribe grow Mm. Um, um, yeah mate so pumped 
thanks so much great. for hanging out today. It's been really great chatting. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you never know, people might actually listen to this. We'll send Ooh, it to Pete. No, we can embarrass you. That'd, that'd be horrendous. Really yeah. Please no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're gonna check out. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, and uh, yeah, we'll speak yep. to you soon. Bye. Bye.